Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. Today we are on episode 5 of season 2 and we are going to be arriving into Cambodia. Now if you've traveled Southeast Asia you might be familiar with Cambodia and you might be able to recognize some of the places and if you haven't been there then it's going to be very exciting. Um, so we'll go through a few places that I visited there and a little bit about the history maybe and I would like to talk about the FFI, the International, it's like a conservation organization for flora and fauna so like animals, wildlife, plants, all of that and the work that they're doing um, especially in Southeast Asia it's so important uh, well globally really but in, in a lot of countries where there's a lot of poverty things are going on that we have less control over um, and I'll also talk a bit about the bees this week and the honey collection that I had organized which was super exciting and I met some lovely 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 people um, so yeah so we'll go through a few bits about Cambodia and a bit about some nature and the environment as always. So we'll begin. But first of all, I would like to say thank you to the patrons for supporting this podcast. And I am super grateful for all of the help you've given me the last uh, few months. And um, the support has been... I'm just so grateful that I can work on this and share it with people and if you can and you are receiving um, my podcast updates and enjoying I would really appreciate your support and it can be simply the price of a coffee um, as a thank you as a gratitude token and keep me going and to keep me um, surviving and um, I would really appreciate that. Okay guys, now let's get going on the adventure. So the place I stayed in was called Siem Reap and um, on first arrival I realised that it was very, uh, it seemed quite, um, I could see a lot of poverty and um, the, the land seemed a little bit barren as well but like there are like amazing landscapes in Cambodia like I didn't travel all the way through Cambodia or anything like that but I know there are like big huge mountain ranges that have like like there's one mountain range up there called the Cardamon Mountains and I heard I had heard of some people biking through Cambodia like cycling the whole way through which I thought I was just like wow um, and they had um, visited many of the landscapes but this cardamom mountain range it's like home to like super rare species endemic species and a lot of species that scientists still don't even know about because a lot of the terrain is like so undiscovered and I suppose I should mention as well like a little bit about the history like Cambodia went through an awful history of um, genocide and landmines and this kind of communist regime so it actually wiped out loads of the population um i think it was in the 19 
1970s or something like that. Um, but basically those brutal uh, killings and just desperate history, you know. So it's really interesting to note that the population is actually very, very, very young because they wiped out like a lot of the elders. And even now, like there's loads of um, active landmines, like millions of them millions upon millions and they're still trying to clear it up so there's still loads of work to be done there um so it's a tough uh it's had a tough history and most of the population is actually under the age of 20 and 30 which is um yeah it's quite rare and a little bit disturbing in one way when you think of the history that happened like all the older people were killed but, you know, um, this is what happens when we have, like, civil wars and, you know, social engineering that doesn't go to plan. Like, you know, and democracy really is the key, you know, because it just doesn't, it's not, it's not right. It's just not right at all. Um, so during my time there, I actually did visit... Um, a landmine museum which was super interesting and it gave me a great insight to the history and what they felt and it was like a big shock for me because I hadn't really visited any other country or a place like this um I mean in college I had learned a lot about holocaust and I had studied different projects about it when I did German but I never properly went into a place that had such a horrific past you know um so yeah just a stark history and but it is actually good you know to visit these places as well because you know your money as well a lot of places the money will go back into the work that will say organizations are doing trying to clear the landmines and etc etc because a lot of like people are still dying year on year um due to them just being like in back gardens in in you know yards like there's a lot of work to be still done so as hard as it is to visit something like a landmine museum like at the same time like a lot of them depending on where you visit like be sure to check that like they might be putting the money back into it you know for clearing or for kind of organization work you know so another place i visited uh, was called Anchor Wat. Many people will know of it. Um, it's the largest religious structure in the world. It is massive. And I remember being at the um, hotel and, you know, getting like a 3am wake up and getting into the tuk-tuk in the morning and I was frozen and I was wearing like a skirt and like a t- string top I was like oh Asia's roasting but that hour in the morning I was frozen um and I didn't prepare properly either for like the temples like I was just uh, I just you know after a while then I did have to actually purchase some pants and like a long sarong and stuff like that because I guess I wasn't aware of the culture there you know and being uh, northern from northern Europe like it's so cold here that it was super hot for me and you know you have to be so respectful when you go there like such as temples and stuff and and, and cover yourself you know um but basically the 
it's the largest religious structure in the world. It's massive. It's like, um, I think I read somewhere it's like 50 times the size of a Machu Picchu site. So it's huge. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. Like you get to roam around, you can visit different parts of the temple. You can um, walk through these like little, it's like a fortress, you know. But again, like heavily crowded with tourists. Like I went there for the sunrise, so like 4 a.m. And it was gorgeous, like, you know. And I tried to take photos of it when the sun was rising. It was stunning, like it, everything was blacked out, you know. But um, yeah, it was amazing. But uh, again, it was just, it was a bit busy now with people. But afterwards then you could go in and roam around yourself and just get lost in the in the citadel, like the city of temples which was really lovely and they're quite peaceful places so it's really nice to just take a moment and uh, take it all in these structures that these massive structures that were built by you know ancient civilizations and actually features on the national flag as well and yeah they have it on their national flag so that's quite rare um, to have a building on the national flag and another temple I actually visited was the Banthea Samre. Um, very, very, very unique temple as well. And again, like surrounded by a moat. And, you know, when it fills up with water, like it's just this stunning complex. And it's just amazing. Like you go through the Cambodian countryside and just like temple upon temple and um it's just really uh i guess in ireland we have you know churches and stuff but over there they're built so um uniquely and and so different from my culture that it was just i was just inspired by all of it you know and you just get lost within the structure it's just really pretty um so yeah so that was quite um a beautiful uh, place to explore and again it did kind of like a sunset um, experience where I walked around and the sun was setting and I got to sit up the top of the complex on these steps and the water was reflecting off the sun and oh it was just amazing just so beautiful so I did quite a few of these um, tuk-tuk trips out into the countryside where you could visit different temples and like tuk-tuks are super cheap but you have to be really careful as well because they drive like there's no road rules and you have to kind of just give your life over because at times you're like oh my god the speed and the way they take over but it really brings a lot of perspective when you sit in a tuk-tuk and you're driving along and you just observe the livelihoods like the level of quality of their life the the buildings they live in or the shacks or whatever you see them living in the hardship you know um but loads of beauty you know like a lot of the temples would be surrounded by rice paddies and i remember when i'd first see the rice fields i was like wow they look so different and i was just amazed by it and and meeting the people who worked in the rice fields you know and they were just so gentle and very kind spirited you know and um yeah they're just they're lovely people and I remember even at one stage um being in the hotel and 
you know you could get like a five star for nothing like literally no money at all you'd pay and I remember a lady at the counter like she was just so rude and the people there are just the, the sweetest people ever you know they would they would do anything like they're just so pleasant you know and the lady was just giving out and just getting angry about the service and all this stuff and I was just like whoa like and they're just such sweet tender people that I was like this is like so unfair so I may I went out of my way to be extra nice because I think sometimes like well what happened to me a lot in South America like they would just say to me like oh she's American and I don't know how many times I'd have to correct them so sometimes you know if they've never traveled or if they've never seen different countries or cultures they mightn't even know where you're from and stuff or they might just think oh a tourist is bad or something or a tourist just wants this you know they would classify everybody almost the same so I kind of really wanted to make sure that you know like not all tourists are bad and and be really nice to them you know but um even in the hotel I remember being at the swimming pool and I'd put down my towel and they'd be (laughs) the young boys and servers they'd come over they'd be like no 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 Miss Kate they'd be calling me Miss Kate and I'm like call me Kate you know and they they were just so lovely and they'd be like let me put down your towel let me put down your towel and it was the first time I ever felt like I was like I don't know it was like this special treatment or something and I didn't really I don't know like you know I know how to do stuff for myself and yeah it was like it was a bit it was unusual you know um I just wasn't used to it but you know having your towel laid out for you having them bring you stuff you know I mean if you're paying for it grand but like I just it took me a while to get used to that in Asia because I came across it quite a lot um and another thing actually you know is go around the markets um and the markets were very interesting there and, and as I spoke about Taiwan before lots of insects you know and they they normally actually would just have normal meals like rice vegetables fish you know but some places then you might see like crickets and maybe even a tarantula which might scare you <laughs> but um yeah I just wasn't keen on that but um and the markets were fairly full-on like you'd go out at night and you'd share a table with people and you just share every meal and you just have to give up the need for hygiene and stuff like that because you don't know what the hygiene is you know that way um so always yeah build a good immune system um and the other thing I noticed was um in the shops like all these whitening creams and I was like what like because I was trying to find um, uh, sun cream and after sun it was so hot there you know and like I was like I don't want like what whitening cream it was the only thing I could find and the ladies at the counters you know they were just giving me that and I was like oh my god I don't want this and I'll never forget when I came home my, my boss said to me he was like where did you go I thought you were in Asia and I was like yeah and he was like why are you so white <laughs> I like because obviously I, I couldn't really get a tan because I couldn't find the um the proper sun cream like so I was I nearly ended up using the whitening cream um but yeah I was just I just had to hide myself a lot in the sun from the sun you know and they're very careful over there with the sun like even when I was outside they'd be coming over to me telling me get in and cover up and come under the shade and you know they're very um 
they're very aware of the damage that the sun can cause but you know at the same time coming from somewhere which is covered in cloud a lot of the time I'm just like give me sun give me sun um you know what I mean the vitamin d so I actually would like to talk a bit about the FFI. So it's actually a great organisation that works globally on uh, the protection of species and plants and all of that. And it would be great, um, a great um, proactive thing to do is to actually look on their website and read up a bit about climate change and what we can do and what's actually happening and the work they're doing in different countries. Because sometimes it can be overwhelming and especially with the latest um, figures that have come out but you know a lot of us especially like organizations like this like we've been talking about it for 10 or 15 years and like now they're deciding to listen like as it is an urgency an emergency and something needs to be done like now because otherwise the planet will be uninhabitable and it's like cop on you know we have to cop on with the emissions um but their website is fantastic for education and just for global insights as well. Um, but I suppose a big thing in Asia or in Cambodia in particular would be the Asian elephant. So they do a lot of work with the Asian elephant, especially because it's it's um, endangered and um, it is on the IUCN red list. Um, so there are like thousands and thousands and thousands of species like critically endangered and they need to be protected and as I always say like if one species is affected like the whole system is affected and and the the rapid extinction that we're going through right now like it's not normal and the last time this happened was in the dinosaurs um you know meteorite all of that but now we're actually causing it so it's a complete imbalance you know so they basically work a lot with um, the wildlife trade um, and people poach the elephants, all different species, you know. And there's a lot of um, bush meat um, and ivory, obviously, as well, uh, heavily, uh, you know, traded, uh, you know, product, I guess you could say. But it's just... Um, it's horrific what we do to other animals and how we don't see them as equal, you know, and it's like humans run the planet and it's totally unfair. Um, but like there is something we can do and that is like to be optimistic and to actually fight for these causes as well. So like you can even go onto their website and you can sign the petitions petitions going all the time and they do help and they do matter like I've signed so many petitions like different ones for whales um tigers all different ones and then like you can actually get updates as well in your inbox whether it succeeded or it failed or you know there there might be ones like for stopping pipelines and all of this and and at the time you might think oh I'm not signing that boring or something like some people just don't think that it would matter but it does like every signature counts so Please have a look on there and educate a bit. Um, yeah, so yeah, like Cambodia is a very, it's in a lot of poverty and it's the most heavily mined country in the world. Um, so yeah, it, it needs help 
and especially with such younger generation taking over um like more work they are looking for more work to be done in there and you can read a lot about the asian elephant on the website and it's so important that we protect them because there's only like two sets of um groups of elephants left in that country and they're on either side of the country so um there's not many individuals like there's a couple of hundred on either side and um yeah it's just so important and like things now like infrastructure like people building roads through their habitats like the habitat loss and destruction is just at an all-time high and we have to make decisions nowadays where nature actually comes first like that is the key to every decision we make now like what is the effect on nature if we do this you know um yeah and even like for myself now every decision I make I think about the effect on nature and it's just yeah it's just critical that we think this way or start thinking this way because always nature has been put to the side without relevance or care you know and our economy doesn't put it first um so we need to let it just be wild and it's fast it's fascinating actually that like you know even the younger generation like the younger kids like some of the stuff they'd say and I'm trying to educate them now and tell them things like you know oh the grass is too long or or that's that's really untidy and I'm just like no that's nature like like we have to stop messing with it like us and our you know obsession with like making things look tidy and all of this stuff like it's an egoic threat and we need to just leave nature the way it is like what's wrong with it looking like wild and a mess as somebody might say like who cares like leave it be like aren't we all a mess anyway (laughs) like I mean we're nature as well and we're a bundle of mess you know what I mean our planet like the people of this planet have never been so anxious or depressed or heavily medicated like I I read a lot of books about it and you know I'm just like I guess because consistently I've asked myself like what is going like what can we do what can I do what is wrong with the planet like why aren't people taking action like why are they like just so sedated and desensitized like I don't it's just like we've we've a lot of work to do like you know and we've a lot of work to do as well to look at each other and really be like we need each other like and we need to support each other and just be there for each other and believe in what we're doing even for me now like I think like a bee (laughs) no but like I I put myself in the other species feet or webbed feet or whatever they are whatever species it is and I try to think like them you know like so for the bees the other day well you know I go for my swim every day and I noticed like a lot of the hedges being caught and I was just like oh my god like that really hurts me because like that's forage like that's honey that's my survival that's my food source and you're cutting it away and it just like it makes me angry and upset and I'm just like why can't humans see what they're doing is just complete destruction you know and uh, it's just like you know but you know I do see improvements and I do see more awareness and I do see more education and um, more action so this week 
moving slowly on to the bees um i did a honey collection so i had mentioned i had harvested the honey which i didn't even think to be honest guys i thought i was just going to be you know getting into the beekeeping and you know learning as i go like i didn't actually expect a swarm to come and me to be able to keep them and look after them and eventually get honey so it was a beautiful gift that i got and I was really happy to be able to share it with people and share the journey of it all. And it's been beautiful. So I decided with the demand, I didn't, I never, I never received so many messages. Like everybody wanted a jar. I was like, oh my God, I definitely don't have enough. Um, It's so precious, you know, it's so precious. And I just kind of decided then look I do a first come first served so I did like a collection at the farm on the Monday night and people came and it was so wonderful and I got these beautiful bee um uh um, what are they called kitchen tea towels and I had them outside a few of them and it says like let it be and there's pictures of bees on them and it's just great you know and this is where I say the awareness is growing because like you know even tea towels with bees all over them like you know there's um there's a lot of awareness growing so that's fantastic and even the people that came everybody like some people were like I want to get bees some people had awareness about bees they were already in you know they had already been in contact with other local beekeepers which is fantastic um, because, you know, as people say to me, you know, who've had the honey now and other people sending me pictures of their honey on toast, honey in their coffee, like I'm getting pictures all week. I'm just laughing and I'm just like, I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Um, but, um, you know, they're like, I'm never getting shop honey ever again. But like the stuff in the shop, like you look at the back of it and it's like a blend of EU and non-EU honey. I'm just like, what is that? Like, what is a blend? like what else is in it like is it honey and what else like somebody I was told there's treacle in it like different things and oh I just wouldn't even go there it's not even nope unless now it's organic or maybe the manuka but otherwise I'd try to go local if I were you and it's just like it's the best healing substance ever like you know um and this morning I met my neighbor and she was like have you any honey you left she was away for a few weeks in Spain which is fantastic it's great to see people in normality and I was like I do I have a jar (laughs) so she was delighted and you know I think for people who are a little bit older as well it's important for the winter because you can have it as a healer um it heals colds and flus and any sorts of wounds and it's antiviral antifungal antibiotic anti like honey is just pure raw medicine and um yeah I just want to say thank you to everybody who came on Monday and for everybody who is due to come um I'm just uh I'm minding the jars and trying to keep enough for myself as well because you know the best thing is it doesn't go off so that's fantastic um but yeah it's trying to uh I suppose preempt um you know how much you actually need because you can use it for so many different things and it's just a wonderful gift from the bees and yeah and I suppose just to educate maybe a bit more about it so like I would have got the honey supply yeah in August so they would have been on the blackberry and the sycamore trees and a lot of them on the willow herb and all different things and the bean outside in the field 
but um so it's really local like the bees will only forage within like three four five k and they'll even stay closer if there's a lot of forage so it really is super local to where you are um but they will go longer distances if there's not enough forage but um the next upcoming plants to flower is the ivy so some people actually do end up getting ivy honey as well but i'm very um i'm very conscientious of um the amount i take from the bees i want to do it you know respectfully and i want this colony that i've taken the honey from to survive winter and have enough feed and just respect the work they're doing because it's uh it's wonderful to be able to share it with them um i like to share the gift of the honey um yeah it's amazing um so thank you everybody and if you still are looking for honey i might (laughs) i might just have a couple of jars left so just let me know if you're interested i might be able to spare a little bit um but yeah thank you so much so far and thank you for also just being aware about pollinators and how important they are for our environment and our global food supply i actually would like to say a little bit about um well-being in nature um and just maybe some gentle advice for overwhelm because we are going through a very intense period around the world of change and you know I don't particularly watch the news because it is lined with negativity and it's not the whole truth of what is going on everywhere you know I always say there's wonderful stuff going on as well and just being in touch with my locals here and the neighbors like there's loads of wonderful things going on it's just you know the news is one projection of um filtered media and it's negative so just like be cautious of that um be aware of it that there's other things going on as well but what i would say is if you are feeling any way overwhelmed which is normal right now um try grounding in nature like get like i've said it previously but just get off your shoes walk into a field or your grass or anything and um not like pacing like a tiger but like walk around gently you know and just feel the earth beneath you and actually you know the the feet have these meridian lines like acupuncture acupuncture would use it like with the kind of the needles um but like reflexology as well like they would do a lot of the feet work where they would press it Uh, press into certain points to relieve you know stress in the body or tension and what I read as well about um was if you're in your bare feet because I go bare feet as much as I can like every day um and basically the the points on your feet when you're walking like the stones or the the grass or whatever you're walking on it actually pushes into those pressure points so relieves that tension up in the body wherever it is now i'm not trained or anything in any of this um reflexology or anything like that but i've had it done and it does make sense to me about the whole barefoot and you know it does work with the ions you know or i i try to be as natural as possible with everything like across the board and for me it makes sense like why were shoes developed you know that's fine shoes are developed for 
whatever reason but our natural way is actually barefoot so I just try to go back to the origin of everything to maintain my mental health during this time and as well um, if you are in shoes like rubber sole shoes or anything like that like it does um, like detach that energy field from your feet to the earth so like I have barefoot shoes that I run in uh, sometimes all right I might step in a rock and it will go right up my soul and I'm like ow but I would definitely recommend like if you are not really buying or consumption patterns but I'm not into that but like if you are looking for a pair of shoes at any time like and you're getting some like look into barefoot shoes because they really are I I think anyway they're much better than the rubber sole because they allow that contact with the earth you know that natural contact like we should be like look at every other species you know you know I look at my hens outside I look at the cows outside look at all of them like none of them have got that um separation between the the nature the earth the soil and us um so just have a think about that um also tomorrow well actually friday which is the day the podcast is released um is actually the day i'm meeting my patrons so um uh depending on which day you listen to this um i am very 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 excited to meet you all and um share the nature with you and the adventure and all the bliss that we can actually uh, experience once we you know kind of Ugh, get out of the whole um, fear state that is being projected at the moment and there's a bit of conflict going on in the world but you know it really is available to us like joy and happiness and it's so normal that we're feeling a bit of anxiety and, and panic around everything that's happening because there's a lot of there's a lot of things happening you know but we must remember always that the chaos always returns to calm and yeah just that I'm really excited to meet you all and I'm gonna like really bring you on this um, experience where you'll be able to learn and you know pick up some techniques maybe for yourself to feel more grounded and just learn about nature and, and how beautiful and abundant it is and it's all around us and it's there for our safety and our healing really in a sense and yeah I'm so excited for that so patrons if you are listening to this on Friday I'm going to see you in the evening and we're going to go on our little nature adventure and it will be absolutely beautiful and if you do want to support the podcast or come on this adventure you can sign up on patreon.com slash catch Kate and yeah I look forward to meet you all it's going to be amazing so on a final summary i hope you enjoyed the journey in cambodia i didn't spend like a whole lot of time there um but what i did see was very beautiful and the people i met were just so pleasant and just really heart-centered and very like caring you know and the landscapes of the rice paddies and the temples and the sunsets and the sunrises and the coconuts and the, yeah, the markets, the, the crazy markets, um, just amazing. Um, but I definitely would look into the whole um, cycling through the country sort of thing because that looked amazing. Although I don't know 
too much about the whole landmine thing like and I know that is a is a issue in the country like there's still people dying from that but yeah just have a look into that and um yeah it's amazing um again just uh for the next week I would just advise you to try some of that grounding in nature get out into your bare feet walk into the grass like the high grass walk on stones pebbles sand anything swim in the ocean the ocean is super grounding and the ocean is your like origin of your body like your body is 70 percent water or more so you should do that as well and um yeah like if you're feeling any sort of um stress just try breathing techniques you can always breathe in for the same count as you breathe out like breathe in for four out for four in for five out for five and it really does help and even if you lie in nature and do that and even do cloud watching which is actually really fun as well and you can make up um uh like animals with the clouds which is actually really fun but you just have to like feel settled in your mind and it will all come back to you you know it's just getting into that state of calm but it is possible it is i promise you okay guys and just a final thank you for the people going to my farm box because um yeah it's so lovely like people are getting the rhubarb and the onions and the kale and the mint and the potatoes so um it actually took me quite a while to get um bags for the potatoes because I was researching and researching I was like where can I get actual bags that are eco-friendly so if anybody has any tips on that like I did find some but um you know like you see these the plastic one I'm not buying plastic like you know I'm just there's enough of it in the supermarkets you know I want to get something that'll biodegrade so I got some but I need to find you know a better supply you know for uh yeah because I could only get a small few for a small amount, you know, and I'd rather get a larger amount. But yeah, just really grateful for the feedback on the farm box and the vegetables and all of it. Um, the tunnel is booming and um, yeah, it's amazing. So guys, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to ground in nature. And um, yeah, I'll be seeing some of you for Honey Collection. I'll be seeing some of you, the patrons and some of you on maybe Instagram. (laughs) So have a wonderful day, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye.